Ahoy, motherfuckers. Welcome to Hindsight. I'm Derek, and as always, I'm joined by Brandon. Um, and today we are fortunate enough to be joined by possibly the one and only person who is... Yeah, perfect for the film that we're watching. I don't know anybody else who likes this film other than you and I, Shantae. Like, seriously, oh, by the way, it's Shantae from the from uh, the single simulcast, sometimes the dream team. Uh, when she feels like it, she looks at her old website, Burning Me and Red Lipstick, which I'll need to look at all the time because the stuff that was on there was dope. Is the website around anymore? No. Uh, I look at the link sometimes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um... But yeah, I just, I don't know anybody else other than the two of us who have seen this movie, but it is a classic and I am urging each and every one of y'all in a different way. The first time I urge y'all to watch a movie, it was uh, Fear of a Black Hat. And I urge you to watch, watch Fear of a Black Hat because it's fucking hilarious from beginning to end. Um, this movie, hilarious in a different way. Fucking sarcastic as shit hilarious. Um, just comeback after comeback of just the uppermost of white responses and it's the best Val Kilmer before he became Doc Holliday before he became Iceman in one of his first roles uh 1985's Real Genius now Brandon I know you had never seen this movie before Shante I know you've seen this movie before a lot I think that yeah. I'm not alone in saying I don't fucking know how I stumbled into this movie, but you know, I might be different. Shantae, how when was the first time you saw this movie and how did that happen? Oh man, I can't really remember if it was like something that maybe my dad rented or if it was something that I stumbled upon on HBO. But definitely, I definitely remember watching it on HBO and definitely remember watching it multiple times on HBO. It was just like, oh, Real Genius is on. I'm fucking watch it. You know, so I, I honestly do not know how I stumbled upon it. And I also realized watching it now that I didn't understand completely what was going on. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm watching it. I'm like six, seven years old, enjoying it because it's funny and you know in lots of different parts but also realizing that this was way over my head yes. way over my little elementary school head yes this was uh above my pay grade uh when i first saw it which i don't know might have been 89 90 i don't know how i still don't like for some movies, I could say it might have been on Fox 40, you know, regular TV or something like that. But I, I think just like you, I probably saw it on HBO. My parents didn't watch it. My brother didn't watch it. So how I ended up watching, I don't know. But when I saw it, I was like, this is mine. This is my sort of jam right here. And I would sit there and I would watch it. And the music and the, the, mm -hmm. the, the, the humor and, the, you know, really, that's it. Because like I said, like you said, the stuff that they were talking about, some of that shit just really hit me today. The bromides and the glazing and all that kind of stuff, that really just hit me today. 
but it's about geniuses. If if I if I understood what the fuck they were talking about all the way through this movie, I was in the wrong school when I was in college. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, real genius. Oh, I am, huh? How about that? Let me go back to playing Scrabble. Brandon, today was the first time you saw this movie, right? Yeah, yesterday. What were your thoughts? I didn't get it. It was too nerdy for me. <laughs> this was this was way too. It was just. I didn't think it was funny at all. I didn't laugh at it at all. I I guess and I didn't really understand it. Really, like maybe I I did walk downstairs for like five minutes. Not even five minutes. Probably like three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the middle after so. We'll get to it, but right after they had that big laser shoot a hole through everything, and the mm-hmm. right yeah. after that, I had to walk downstairs for like three or four minutes to do something. Then I came back up, and so I don't know if I missed something b- during that time. But what the hell did the beginning of the film have to do with anything? Okay, so check it out. The begin. Oh, go ahead, yeah. Shantae. Go ahead. Nope, you're on. I was very confused <laughs> the entire. No, be- no, because when I watched the begin, when I turned it on and watched it a few days ago, I realized that I did not remember anything about the beginning. I did not recall this whole meeting that these government people were having about this laser. It was them, you know, like it was a proto, like because it was a video, right? They show this video of mm-hmm. a laser that can kill people from space. Mm-hmm. But at the time, the laser, all they have is an idea, something that they want to happen. And I think the redhead dude, and I don't remember if he was in the in the meeting or not, but they the whole thing is the government is trying to get this laser to become reality. Like they have the idea, here's what's supposed to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And I think that's what the whole jump off is of showing this particular scene. It's like, okay, the government wants this laser to happen. And now how is it going to happen? Are they going to be able to pull this off? And then it goes into who's going to be making this, who's making the laser. And it turns out it's fucking college kids, you know, making this laser. So did the government talk to Hathaway or something that I missed? No, uh, his liaison was Don, the guy who kept coming up to him like, where's the laser? Where's the laser? Yeah. Um, so a lot of things, because just like y'all, I, I, I only remembered like from the point where the science fair happened um, through the end of this movie. So when I first saw this movie, it's almost amazing um, how much they show in the actual intro because you know 80s movie 80s movies they they have the long ass credits at the beginning of the film too for some reason um and they show you know the first few arrows and all that kind of stuff they really show the mm-hmm. evolution of weapons right and i noticed that too and i was just like oh shit i've seen this movie all these times and did not realize that they were showing like patent pictures of just all this stuff that mm-hmm. we've gone through and everything and so the evolution of war, basically, has led to Dr. Jerry Hathaway's front door, uh, literally. Um, and and I, I, when I saw it this time, the thing I was struck about was how fucking great Star Wars looked 
1979 <laughs> and 1980 compared to shit like this. Because that crossbow project video looked horrible. Um, and I think they meant for it to look horrible in the movie, but it looked rushed and, and it just looked so fake. Um, and they, they fucking... They, they burned a guy to death who was just sitting on a chair minding his business. They burned a hole through the chair. And as soon as they turned off the video, uh, the government guys were like, yo, that's dope. We need this. And Don was like, well, that's cool. But, um, you know, it won't be done. You know, we haven't even started putting it together yet. And uh, does the president know about this? That's what the black guy asked, the one black guy in the room. Does the president know about this? And the white guys are like, why the fuck will we tell the president? We're the CIA. We'll have to tell him nothing. <laughs> so the black guy's like, nah, folks, I think that we should really tell the I don't feel comfortable about this. We should tell the president. I'm out. Thank you for stopping by. God bless you. Good night. Um, and they're like, okay, George. Uh, if you're not going to be in, thanks. You know, it's, it's have a nice ride and have a nice life, I guess. And George walks out and they said some shit that really just made you know that they were going to fucking murder George. Yeah, he was done. He was like. dead, which, which hit me. This is a movie about geeks. Like Brandon said, this is a movie about nerd shit. And yet and still a black guy still dies in the beginning of the movie. Like that is some bullshit. The 80s. The 80s are undefeated. A black guy dies for no reason. Like I didn't say it like that. Huh? I thought I was the opposite. I said, look at the 80s making the black person the smart guy in the room. But they they said we are going to liquidate him. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what would happen. They murdered not, him. I don't think they liquidated him because he's black. If no, any of the no. white dudes would have got up and no, said, I'm out of here, yeah. I, they would have been like, uh, he can't leave this room with this information. Pretty much. <laughs> It's a wrap, fam. Walk, walk him to the car. You want me to walk him to the car? Yeah, walk him to the car and then put him in the trunk. <laughs> I don't want you going to the news telling them we're developing a laser that can kill people from space. <laughs> also, also, movie came out in 1985. Another thing that was happening around this time was Ronald Reagan being in office and talking about the Star Wars mm -hmm. uh, project. So I wonder if this is in some way connected to that. But... um. They turn back to Don. They're like, yeah, man, this is dope. And Don's like, that's cool. We could have it done probably in like November. And they're like, cool, 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 cool. But we really want to murder somebody in July. We already got a target. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can have this done by May. And he was like, I said November. And they're like, we said May. So he goes and he tells Dr. Jerry Hathaway, who um, is... Well, he tells Jerry Hathaway, but before that happens, Jerry Hathaway goes to uh, a science fair at a high school to meet Mitch. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the folks at the science fair, their science project is literally uh, what happens to a mouse when you feed it alcohol. <laughs> and so instead of the water bottle that mice usually have, they have vodka. And I just felt so good and yet so bad for that mouse. It was such a... Uh, what the fuck kind of high school do you go to type project? Um, so everybody at Mitch's school is fucking stupid. 
according to Jerry. <laughs> Jerry is just looking at everybody like, this is horrible. Um, Mitch is talking to Jerry about what his science experiment is about, or a science project, it ain't no experiment. And it's something, he says words, they go right over my head. I felt like they were speaking French. I understood some of them. I should have taken a shot for every word I understood that they were talking about. <laughs> but he's 15 and he's made this like yeah. tremendous project and it's dope and everybody should be happy. But Mitch's parents are too stupid to understand what the fuck Mitch did and so am I. And then Mitch's parents come up to talk to Jerry. He's an asshole. Jerry is oh, an yeah. asshole, but he's an arrogant asshole because he knows I'm smarter than everybody else, and there ain't a goddamn thing you could do about it. He asked them, "Was was was Mitch adopted?" Yes, yes, he did, and 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 they go, "No," and he's like, "Oh, really?" <laughs> they didn't get like, it. Well, they didn't no, get what he was didn't. alluding to. <laughs> they, they didn't. They didn't get it at all. But uh... no, actually, the youngest we ever had was twelve. But he cracked under the pressure within six months. So we Mitch is 15. There's not going to be any problem with that. Right. Say, uh, listen, Doc, about this scholarship thing. Now, uh, you're going to give him a signing bonus, right? No. But by allowing Mitch to progress at an accelerated rate, we give him the opportunity to fulfill a far greater portion of his remarkable intellectual potential. We just want the best for Mitchie, Dr. Hathaway. I saw your show the other night on radioactive isotopes, mm -hmm. and I've got a question for you. Yeah? Is that your real hair? Yeah. I tell you, is Mitch by any chance adopted? <laughs> if I had to listen to those questions, I would think that they were idiots too. I was watching yeah, your show. Did. You did? You watched my show about science? You watched it? Because the show that he has is pretty much like, for those of y'all who are like me, born in the 80s, or like Shante, born in the 80s, there was a show that came on after the electric company on PBS called Three, Two, One, Contact. 321 Contact was nerdier than the electric company. The electric company was nerdier than Sesame Street. After 321 Contact went off, they would have fucking shows like Quasar. <laughs> and it would be some old white man sitting behind a desk talking. So when Mitch's mom was like, I watched your show, Jerry's like, maybe she's not stupid. And he, she's like, is that your real hair? Like, fuck you people. Jerry literally tells them, like, or tells Mitch, most people that you're going to meet have the IQ of a carrot. Yeah. He's openly shitting on everybody because smart people rule the world, in his mind. Only if that were true. True. But he, right. the, the thing is, in this movie... There are no other people than smart people, which leads to an interesting thing that you'll never see again in movies, which is smart people bullying smart people. Sure. Yeah. There was definitely a hierarchy mm -hmm. as far as as far as this movie was concerned. But go, I wanted to go back to, I think, Mitch's experiment. I think Mitch's experiment has to do with lasers, which is why he gets put on the project, mm -hmm. which is why Hathaway wants him and puts him on the project, that he's actually doing something along the lines of what Hathaway wants to get done, 
which is why he gets put on the, the yeah, gets put on the project with everybody else. Yeah, including Chris Knight, who is um, yeah. like God status. Like when he tells Mitch that he'll be working with Chris Knight, Mitch like, ooh, because Chris is like the smartest person at this school that is supposed to be Caltech. It, it's that level of uh, geniuses. Um, they show Chris at an interview wearing sparkly antenna, like a sparkly antenna head piece and, and, and slippers to his interview. Um, and he goes in and he's talking to everybody and he's so sarcastic and he's so cool. And he was literally God status to me in this movie. Um, it was who I wanted to be when I was a kid. I wanted to be Val Kilmer. I wanted to uh, give sarcastic answers to everything and wear antennas and all that kind of stuff. And uh, while he's at this interview, Chris is introduced to Sherry, who is the coworker of the guy who's interviewing him. Um, Sherry says she has met six of the top 10 smartest minds in the world. And she names one name and Chris is like, wasn't he a professor? And she was like, he was. Turns out she must have like had sexual relations with him and the dude died. Like her thing is she loves smart people. Yeah. This isn't a movie where the, the jock gets the girl and the smart people have to struggle for theirs. No, the smart folks rule the world in this movie. This is literally like an alternate universe type movie in the 80s. What was she a student or was she an assistant? She was an assistant and she was a pervert. Yes, definitely, definitely a pervert. But she was she was like a she was like a smart dick chaser. That's basically mm -hmm. what it was. She was a smart dick chaser. And so um so Mitch goes to the school and he's at this um social hour getting to know you hour or whatever and one of the one of the professors stops to talk to him and he's like here's something you need to keep in mind mitch and mitch pulls out this little notebook and he's all ready and shit he's about to write down whatever gems the professor about to give him and the professor's like always wait no no wait never never forget to check your references and Mitch looks at him like, motherfucker, that's all you got? And walks <laughs> away. And the professor looks at his uh, co-worker and says, I think the young people appreciate it when I get down with them like that. And I'm like, dude, you didn't have shit to say. But then I'm old now, so I felt like that. Um, Mitch goes to his room. Uh, his shit is out of his luggage he's wondering what's going on and while he's looking around to see what's going on a guy walks past him and walks into their closet turns out this is laszlo we'll meet him later um and later past that he would elevate his status and stop living in their closet and he would actually start to live on the couch with dave Chappelle in half baked <laughs> um Jerry is being told by Don, because this is Don's whole job is to say, Jerry, where's the laser? Jerry, where's the laser? Jerry's like, well, it will be done in November. Don's like, we need it in May. Jerry's like, we, that's fucking ridiculous. I can't do it in that time frame. 
And then Donna's like, well, and this went over my head when I was a kid by a long shot. Well, you know, all that money that they grant, that they give you a grant for, if you don't finish your project, they do an audit to find out where that money went to. I see you're making some renovations on your house, Jerry. It looks kind of nice. If you don't finish the project, you know that's fraud, right? Fraud's a felony. You're going to go to jail. All of this went over my head, like the whole nine yards. Don is blackmailing. I'm like, yo, if you don't finish this, I'm just going to tell him that you're fucking, I'm going to tell him to run an audit on the shit and you're going to go to jail, like real people jail. So Jerry is now uh, rushing everybody to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um, The next day, Mitch first goes into the laboratory where they're working on the laser. He meets a black guy who hardly ever talks, a white guy who has fixed his stuttering project or his stuttering problem through shock treatment, and Kent. He, I don't like him. Yeah, Kent is literally every asshole you know. Like he's a bully who really shouldn't be a bully. Yeah, he's a dork. Yeah. Yeah. He's a snitch, he's a bully, and he's a sponge. Like he's he's a pushover. Um no, he's not a pushover, he's a suck up. Yeah, that's, that's it. What he is. Yeah. He's a suck up. Yeah, that's he's it. definitely he's it he's definitely some like a a stereotype. I think when people think of smart people who they cannot stand, it's Kent. It's like I'm so smart, I, you know, being a suck up, I'm gonna tell the teacher you aren't doing what you're supposed to. I'm the one who was put in charge. You're supposed to be listening to me. That's that's who Kent is. Yeah, I hated those people when I was in school so much. So I, I did like I will say this. I did like about this movie was I did like the Chris Knight character mm-hmm. because you don't often see that portrayal of somebody that's super smart. Um and so I really I kind of enjoyed that. He was quirky, but he was like kind of cool. And I liked that. So um Mitch walks into the uh lab. Kent is like, yeah, you know what? You're gonna listen to me because the ranking is from God's ear to Jerry's ear to my ear to you. And mm-hmm. Mitch's like, nah, Jerry told me that my job is to follow behind y'all and make sure you didn't mess anything up. <laughs> and Kent is like, nah, that ain't that ain't happening here. And um or yeah, Kent's like that that ain't happening here. And Jerry walks in and Kent is like, Chris didn't show up. Chris hasn't been here all day. And look, we've been trying to fix this thing all day, but it won't work. He broke it. And Mitch is like, Yeah, did you did you adjust this? And he turns the knob and it turns on immediately. First of all, Kent is not allowed to say, call Jerry by his first name. This is the pecking order, as I see it. It's it's like that song, um, The Wall, uh, where they talk about how the teachers yell at the students and then they go home and they get yelled at by their wives. Kent yells at Mitch. But Jerry really yells at Kent. Kent's job is to teach Jerry's classes, get Jerry's cleaning, 
take Jerry's notes. Am I missing anything? Basically, the ranking goes from God to Jerry to Mitch to the cleaners, according to the dude with the uh, speech impediment. <laughs> he said, he said, what's the dude's name? Um, uh, what's the idiot? What's the guy's name that I don't like? Kent. Not Mitch. Kent. He came in there, right? And he kept calling him Jerry. <laughs> and, and, the dude was like, uh, you can't call me that. <laughs> like, why are you calling me that name? But it was interesting. Chris Knight calls him Jerry. He didn't care. So he had preferential achievement. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Kent was getting bullied by Jerry. And because, like you said, Kent was such a suck up, he's willing to take it in order to reach his dreams or his goals. But, mm -hmm. yeah, that's why he ended up getting this dude's dry cleaning and whatnot. Like, he... Everybody else saw it and probably made fun of him about it, but he thought that he was in an elevated station. I think that's how Kent felt, that he was in an elevated station because he got to teach Jerry's classes and he got to get Jerry's dry cleaning and stuff like that. So then uh, Mitch goes back to the room uh, he comes out and he finds out that the floor is now ice. This guy named Ick has created ice that will disappear without a trace within a half an hour or an hour and a half. No, it's um, ice that skips. It skips going into liquid. It goes straight from a solid to a gas. And that would have yeah. been dope. I would have loved every moment of that. In this scene is how we meet Jordan. Uh, who is hyperkinetic. Um, also, um, I think that she might have had ADHD, um, but they didn't know how to phrase it or what to call it back then. But she doesn't sleep. She's always building stuff. And she immediately draws Mitch's eye. And my wife, Nisha, she was like, why does he keep smiling at her every time she comes into the room? Because even Jordan, Jordan didn't think she was attractive. Jordan, you know, was like, I don't, I don't, I'm not like these bikini gals and all that. But for Mitch, Jordan was probably the first girl to ever actually look at him or talk to him in a way that was on his level. Mm -hmm. So they have a little love thing going on. Um, she, like, her intro scene, I really did appreciate. So then, yeah. You okay? No, not emotionally. No, I'm not. I'm disappointed. Not terribly, but still. It should have gone much further, much faster. It's okay, though. I know what the problem is. It's obviously the drag coefficient. I'll just have to redesign the lake. I can do that no problem. I can do that here. But after they're designed, they got to cut them, and that takes tools. time. Do you know how long this stuff's supposed to last? Maybe another half an hour. Oh, that's great. That's good. I can do that. No problem. Okay, what's your name? Mitch. Oh, thank you for your help, Mitch. Okay, I'll see you later, Mitch. You're welcome. Who's that? That? Oh, that one. I'm Jordan. I forgot to tell you my name. I'm Jordan. I heard there was going to be someone new this term. Are you it? Yes. Oh, do you have a bed? Yeah. I was going to make you one if you didn't have one, but you have one. Okay, I'll see you later. Okay, bye. 
Bye. First girl to ever that talk. That was a lot. Yeah. But for him, it was heaven. <laughs> she's going to build him a bed. Like, she's... These are geniuses. And, and you got to keep that in mind. Like, it might be a lot to us. <laughs> but they're used to her. Like, that's one thing I could say about this movie, with the exception of fucking Kent. Everybody is really inclusive. Because they're all geeks. Nothing mm-hmm. phases them. Somebody lives in your closet? Yeah, okay. She builds beds and doesn't sleep? No, oh, okay. This guy makes big-ass cherries look like a fucking Acme bomb? <laughs> yeah, okay. He pulls it out of his backpack. You want a cherry? Sure, cherries the size of Mitch's head. Yeah, okay. So, then... um the next thing that happens is that Kent comes down and he's talking about how um, Mitch has to read all this paperwork that Jerry had actually told Kent to read. Um, and then Chris shows up and Kent is like, hey, Chris, meet the kid who's smarter than you. And Chris is like, oh, okay. Well, does he know about you uh, sitting in your room naked with Jello? And Kent is like, I was hot and I was hungry. And so, you know, it goes on. They just, they keep fucking with each other. Mitch, they go through a, mono, a montage. One thing about the 80s is they have a lot of montage scenes. And one thing that happens is that he um, tries to figure out how Laszlo's coming in and out of his closet because he walks into the closet, but then there's no openings or anything to show how where he goes to next. He just disappears. But Mitch figured out how to get into his domain. Um, I don't know why a super genius uh, would live in an underground bunker like that, but, you know, do you. Uh, Laszlo had a whole setup down there with a printer and a computer. Um, and so the next thing that happens is that Chris goes over to Jerry's house and meets a young lady named Susan. I don't know, maybe 18, maybe, guessing. Uh, he's macking on Susan because he macks on everybody. He's fucking Val Kilmer. Um, and so Susan is the son or the daughter rather of one of the generals who Jerry is having a meeting with. Um, and as uh, the meeting ends, Jerry is walking them out, and Susan is stopped by Chris. Chris like, you know, look, look, have you ever seen a body like this? Yo, man, have you ever seen a body like hers? Like, look at this body. And her dad is like, that's my daughter. And he was like, then in that case, I know you've seen a body like this. And so... Uh, Jerry calls him up to the his office where he basically tells him this. Is this okay, sir? It's oak. It's not plywood, for God's sake. Mm, quite a change from the old place. Shoes. Look, I want to start seeing a lot more of you in the lab. Fine. I'll gain weight. You're a very funny boy, <laughs> Thanks, Jerry. We try. You can sit. You know... When I first brought you into this school, I thought you'd become another Einstein. And you were well on your way. And then? I got a haircut. 
You're disappointing me, Chris. And you, me, Jerry. Look, it's about our deal. I know, Jerry, and I have advanced your project more than any three students on campus. That was yesterday. What have you done for me today? Fuck you. Well, uh... <laughs> I want five megawatts by mid-May. <laughs> uh, Jerry, I think you might be getting a little obsessive about all this. Now, I took in Mitch. Okay, and he's coming along fine. He's working his guts out for you, so what exactly do you want? I want five megawatts by mid-May. Look, I don't care if you're arrogant. I don't care if you're disrespectful. But your attitude's distracting Mitch, and that I won't have. The rules have changed. I want it by mid-May. Jerry, I think that you're just forgetting about one little detail, and that's that I, I'm out of here. I'm gone. I'm, I'm history. I'm, I'm Casper. I, I'm, I'm graduating. To graduate, you need my course, dear boy. So it seems that I have something to say about what you do and where you go. So from now on, you and Mitch are going to spend every waking moment in the lab. And you will solve my power problem, and you will solve it by my deadline. Jerry, if you think that by threatening me you can get me to be your slave, well, that's where you're right. And I'm only saying this because I care. There are a lot of decaffeinated brands on the market today that are just as tasty <laughs> as the real thing. I'm not kidding, Chris. Neither am I. Neither am I, Jerry. I don't know what that meant. I know he was trying to shade him, though. That he really did need that decaf coffee. That motherfucker was on one. Always. So instead of setting that up, uh, Mitch is working in the lab, usually by himself and starting to feel a bit overwhelmed. And Chris comes in one day and he's like, would you help me? Why aren't you here to help me? And so Chris like, okay, I'll help you. Take a step forward, take a step back, take a step forward. Now we're cha-chaing. And um, Mitch is like, take this seriously. And Chris is like, all right, I'll take it serious. <laughs> he makes this whole serious face. It's great. Um, but then he's like, hey, let's try this one more time. Go turn off the lights and uh, Mitch goes and turns off the lights and sets up a power thing. And meanwhile, uh, Chris is moving mirrors around his ship. And they turn on the laser and it works, but now it's emitting a blue laser instead of an orange laser. And it's bouncing off all these mirrors out into the quad. So Mitch's like, what the fuck did you do? Chris is like, follow it and see. And they go see. And it's a pool party slash tanning in the invitational. Uh, for all the, the students. There's black people there, though. Well, yeah, one. Who couldn't dance. I was worried about that guy. I didn't know what beat he was on. But it was his own, and he liked it that way. He also invited the uh, beauticians, or the ladies from the beautician school down the street. Um, and I don't know if they were an all girls school or what, but they were really interested in either nerds or a pool party. Also, completely grossed out by the fact that this is an enclosed area. Like, like, I, it's just me. But dirty ass feet and dirty ass bodies all sliding down to the same dirty ass pool without a filter. That water was probably like, ugh, oh my god, oh. It makes me feel some sort of way. I, I dry heaved when I watched it today because my kids had a water slide thing in our front yard a few like 10 years ago. 
And so they will slide down the water slide and land in the water and get out of the water and walk through the dirt and then get back up and slide back through. And by the time they got done, the water was fucking mud and I was so icked out. It was so nasty. We had to clean that thing out like four times. Anyhow, uh, so they set up this uh, pool party and, and you know, uh, Chris is there and Mitch is there and Ick is there and Jordan shows up with her rebreather uh, to ask uh, Mitch to help her test it out. And so, of course, Kent somehow sees this and he snitches. He runs up to Jerry during his show, fucks everything up by standing in front of the teleprompter um, and tells Jerry that they're having a party and he wasn't invited. He doesn't say he wasn't invited, but that's really the problem. He wasn't invited. So they run back over to the party um, right at about the same time that uh, Mitch and Jordan are in the water. Uh, working on this rebreather. Also, this is the point in time when I realized the Mitch is 15 and Jordan is 19. Yeah. And that icked me out. Um, Jerry came to the party and he dissed Mitch for not being in the lab. Uh, so then Mitch goes to the lab and does that white person thing where they fling papers off a desk and wreck shit, but he didn't wreck a lot of shit. He just flung the papers off the desk. Like, uh, and then he went into the next room to cry to him mama about how he wanted to come home and how everybody was being mean to him. Uh, Ken and his cronies followed him. And so they recorded the conversation. Um, and then Kent played it for the school in the lunchroom the next day. Also, he couldn't go home. Uh, Mitch couldn't go home because his mama rented out the room, which I don't know if that was fucked up. Or if it was just, you know, we got to pay for your school. But he got a full ride. So that was just fucked up that she rented out his room yeah. as soon as he dipped. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just definitely fucked up. And, and so, also just, to, I'm sure to, just to keep him, just to let you know that he's not, he can't come home. He's going to have to stay. You got to tough it out, buddy, like his dad said. Got to be my little soldier. They were dying laughing. So he goes back and he's packing up his shit and he's still going to go home because now everybody's making fun of him. And Chris tells him that they have to stay because basically they're going to get revenge on Kent. Um, he also tells Mitch why he is the way that he is now, um, which, you know, he used to take everything seriously. And so did Laszlo. Laszlo, the guy who lived in their closet or lives in their closet, was the smartest person to ever go to their school. Um, and he took things so seriously that he had a breakdown. Yeah, um, I think he's the 12 year old that Jerry references in the very beginning of the movie. That makes sense. Which is kind of wild. Cause then it's like, well, of course a 12 year old had a breakdown, you know, in this type of high pressure situation. I mean, they're 12. Like, I don't mm -hmm. care how smart they are. They're 12. And I bet he wanted him to make something big too. Yeah. So he was, if he was the 12 year old and this movie came out in 85, yeah, that would put him at right about, if it was 1970 and 14 years later, 15 years later, something like that, who knows? Yeah, that would make sense. He looked like he was about 27, 28, 40, 42 ish. <laughs> but um, he also, Chris also talked about how when he was a student at his high school, all of the teachers hated him because he was smarter than them. And mm -hmm. I'm not the smartest person in the world. Um, I'm the smartest person in my room right now because I'm sitting alone. But um, I've had teachers 
I think we've all had teachers who have made a mistake or said something incorrect and you're like, yo, that's not right. This is what it actually supposed to be. And they get mad at you. So imagine what that's like to always be smarter than the teacher. They probably tried to make up tests just to trip him up. I'm gonna put this answer. I'm gonna fuck that Chris kid up. Like he think he's smart. I'm gonna get him. And it never worked. They decide also that getting revenge on Kent is a moral imperative. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what they do is when Kent is out, they go to his car and I'm guessing they take his car apart because I don't know how exactly they got his car into his room on hydraulics. Right. Um, Kent comes back from wherever he was, probably the lab, and sees that his car is in his uh, room. And so he tells them, I'm going to get you. You'll rue the day. Yeah. Chris, <laughs> like, who talks like that? So this is actually the part where the meeting is happening when Chris shows up at Jerry's house. Um, and he's talking to Susan. And Susan... Um, has a bit of standards for men that I don't think anybody can actually stand up to. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to know you at all. (laughs) I can't stand it. Have you ever seen a body like this before in your life? She happened to be my daughter. Oh, well, then I guess you have. Coming down? Yeah. No, seriously, listen, if there's ever anything I can do for you or more to the point, to you, you let me know, okay? Can you hammer a six-inch spike through a board with your penis? Not right now. A girl's got to have her standards. Susan. Why in the fuck is that her standards? Uh, She's just talking because later on, she's Mm. with. (laughs) Later on, when we see who she's with, I know that that person cannot... uh, Hammer it like that. Hammer a six-inch board. More essentially spike through with their penis. Like, no, you're lying. Okay, so again, when I was a kid, over my head, but she's looking for a sledgehammer. You know, sometimes they might want you to just be like that kind of a jackhammer, but you know, baby, you can do it. Take your time. Do it right is also a song that came out in the 80s. So you choose which path you want to take (laughs) in this situation. Uh, you can either be a rock star or a cock star. <laughs> the choice is yours. So Jerry, uh, after finding out about the party and all that kind of stuff, and I guess also being upset about the car, tells Chris that he's going to make sure that he fails his course so that Chris doesn't graduate. And then he also said that he's going to make sure that Chris never works in their field again, which is fucked up because Chris hasn't even worked yet. How does this professor have so much power at this school? That's a good question. Maybe because he's really smart. And famous. A lot of professors are smart. And he's bringing in grants to the school. Yeah. and he's. I mean, he's got the TV show. I would imagine that somebody like that is probably the most powerful person on the campus. He's got, like, access to the government. He's got access to entertainment. He's a big fucking deal. Real fucking big deal. He's got bookshelves with mahogany books. He knows a lot of people. 
And like I said, he's got the PBS show. Like 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 Shante said, it comes on after three, two, one contact. Everything. <laughs> that really did look like a PBS show, though. Everything. Yeah, you know, I imagine, I imagine he's probably the equivalent of like uh Neil deGrasse Tyson. I think that's how I forget how if that's not how you pronounce his name, whatever. Mm-hmm. But him, like that type of like just scientific, just boom up at the top. You know, as far as like even like regular schmegular people know who he is. That's that's what I imagine his vibe is supposed to be. So Chris is sitting out on their balcony looking all forlorn and Mitch is like, what's going on? And Chris is like, I was just thinking about the words of Socrates who said, I drank what? and so he tells uh mitch that he's so weird it's it's that was it's funny it's so it's it's like it's it's funny because (laughs) because you know what's this you know socrates drank poison before he died and so it's a joke on him not really knowing what the fuck he was doing when he did it It's, it's funny so um, Chris tells Mitch about what Jerry did to him. And so Mitch tells Chris that we have to get even with Jerry. It's a moral, it's a moral imperative. Um, and so a montage happens. And I just want to tell y'all, I don't know if it's because I grew up with these songs or what, but some of the music in this show, in this movie are absolute barn burning bops to me. Um, yeah. Number one by Chaz uh, Yankel. Um, falling by the Comstock mm-hmm. Angels or Comstat Angels, um, both play during montages, and 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 to their credit, they play the whole songs. Like so, you watch this movie enough, you gonna hear these songs. You gonna fuck with this food, um, and then the song that plays at the end of the movie, which is Tears for Fears, everyone wants to rule the world. Everybody wants to rule the world. Three of my favorite songs of all time connecting them directly back to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so a montage happens where they are listening to the Comstat Angels falling um, and they're prepping for finals and also fixing the laser. Chris is showing why he was the number one kid in the university, studying hard and all that kind of stuff. He's getting really engaged now. Um, and at the end of the montage, Laszlo reveals that he has every test answer and every test and every final that Jerry has ever created. And he's willing to give them to uh, Chris and to Mitch. Chris says, cool, are those them in your hand? And, and, and Laszlo's like, no, these are Frito-Lay sweepstakes. That's what he was doing downstairs with the printer <laughs> and the computer. He was filling out Frito-Lay sweepstakes entries because they don't say that you have to purchase anything in order to win. And their mistake is his win because he put in enough entries that he should win 32 0.8% of the winnings, um, including the car. Um, Mitch walks out of the conversation. He's getting tired. And he walks into another room. And Sherry, from the job that Chris was interviewing at earlier, is, is in the room. I don't know how she got there. <laughs> I don't know why she's sitting in the dark. But she's there. And she wants to make the fuck with Mitch because he's smart. Mm-hmm. 
but he's also 15. Yes. And that's a felony. Um, and so she doesn't even, I don't know, they fade out. I don't know how he escaped from her, but he goes and he tells Jordan. Um, and Jordan's how like, old was she? Uh, Sherry? Yeah. I don't know. She like she was like 30 something. Yeah, she was definitely, <laughs> I mean, she was an adult. That's, yeah. I mean, like, Bottom like line. she was clearly, she was old, you know, she was definitely older than any student. You could probably put her at the okay. same Okay, so she wasn't just like her older college student. No. No, she was definitely oh, okay. not a student. No. Because when I saw this movie, I thought about, I knew someone that, um, like with today's sensibilities, but I didn't really think about this when I went to college, but I knew someone that was really smart and they went to college at 16. Mm-hmm. Um, so they went they went to college at 16. And so, you know, everybody else in, everybody else in the freshman class is like 18 or 19. And so I was thinking like, well, today at their school. And so I was watching this with the first, when Mitch first went there and that was the first thing that I thought. I was like, at some point in this film, because I could tell where the film was going. I was like, at some point in this film, it's going to be like some girls because it's an 80s film. And that's mm-hmm. what happens in the 80s film. It's like, we're going to the girls' college or we're going to a party. Like, you know, when I saw this, before I watched the movie, I thought it was going to be like Revenge of the Nerds, but it wasn't. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's what I was, oh shit. That's what I was, that's what I was thinking. And so I was watching it. And I was so at this point in this scene, I didn't know how old this woman or girl was. I just didn't know. You didn't know how old this woman or girl was. She's like, I think she's in her, you can't really tell with 80s clothing because her glasses make her look like she's 50. But I think she's at the very least in her early 30s. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. She's yeah, she's just she's clearly an adult. Like, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. like not somebody kind of on the cusp of maybe coming out of being a teenager going into kind of young adulthood. It's just like, no, this woman has a job, this woman has a mortgage. This is an adult adult. Mm-hmm. And so uh she he got is, out of there. She shouldn't even have been there. Like seriously, she should have gotten arrested. Um, but Mitch tells Jordan what happens and he tells her that although this woman wanted to make the fuck with him, he couldn't because he wanted to make the fuck with, with, with Jordan and Jordan's like, mm-hmm. Oh, and they kiss. And, uh, I guess they make the fuck, which is still a felony. I mean, it's romantic, I guess eighties movies. They don't think about that kind of stuff, but she's 19 and he's 15 and that happened. We'll be back to hindsight after this brief break. It's time to feel the rage. Join us on Film Rage, where we talk movies, current releases, coming attractions, streaming, and classic films as well. Directors and actors, beware as you cannot hide from the rage. My name is Bryce, and I'm part of the Film Rage crew, which also includes Jim. Hey, hey. And Murray. Yo. Why is it you always talk? All the time. I can't understand why. This is the Merman, the voice of reason. These two can't agree on anything most of the time. Some movies are Mondo, some are just... Every week, something is going to make us rage. Join us every Wednesday and feel the rage. Hey there, this is Frankie Sparks. And this is Scott Eisenberg. We're married. 
and we have a podcast called Shoot the Flick. Every week, Scott and I introduce each other to a new movie the other one has never seen. We talk about it, give our thoughts on it, and also share some behind-the-scenes fun facts. We want you guys to come along and enjoy the movies with us. Check us out on Instagram and Twitter at ShootTheFlick and check out our weekly episodes every single Wednesday on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and pretty much anywhere else you can find a podcast. Come and listen to us now as Frankie and I Shoot, shoot the, the Flick! Hey y'all, this is Derek. We wanted to thank y'all so, so much for listening to our show. Right now, at this very moment, we'd like for you to go ahead and screenshot your phone, your iPad, or wherever else you're listening to this show, and send it to us on Twitter, at Hindsight Reviews. We'll post it up and retweet it to everybody else, and you could be a part of our family. Also, be sure to leave a five-star review, and let us know what you think of the show wherever you listen to the podcast at. Thank you so much, and back to the show. Um, next thing that happens is that Don. That's comes. what I was talking about. That's what I was talking about. Because like I know someone that went to college and that, and he was just like, you know, what he didn't know what he was supposed to do. And so when I saw that, when I saw that scene with Jordan, that's immediately what I thought about because I knew someone that that like situation happened to. Yeah. It, yes. I, be, I, mean, I mean, I believe it. And it, oh yeah, yeah. I am certain. It definitely. Yeah, age way age range wise, it's kind of just like, oh my god, they're nineteen and fifteen. I do think that they put this in here because I think I think they were probably trying to make it seem like they were on the same level, even though age wise they're clearly not. They're not on the same level as far as like whatever nineteen and fifteen is. But I think they're trying to make it seem like, you know, Mitch is smart. Mitch is smart enough to not want to sleep with somebody who he doesn't want to sleep with and smart enough to decide who he wants to sleep with. But it's still, you know, today's sensibilities, it's still just like, oh, 19 and 15. Ah, ooh, ah. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get it. And so the next thing that happens is that uh, Don comes to Jerry to say, I need the laser, Jerry. I need the laser. And I, I appreciate this part because Don is at this point in time acting pretty much like a bill collector, in my opinion. <laughs> and Jerry responds to him the same way I respond to a bill collector, which is this. This is my class hour. It is the tenth of May, Jeff. What is it, Don? What are you doing here? What am I doing? What are you doing here? You don't seem to realize, do you? Decker is dangerous. Where's the laser? It's coming. It's coming! Ah! It's not even breathing hard, Jerry. He wants the laser by the end of the week. Now you listen to me, you groveling bug. I have exams. I am doing what I can, so get off my back. When I was a kid, I didn't recognize that line, but it hit me this time. Uh, Where's the laser, Jerry? It's coming. It's coming? It's not even breathing hard. (laughs) Over my head, completely, totally over my head. Um, So... Mitch and, and Chris work extra hard to get the laser fixed, which they do, or they think they got it fixed. Um, and then Kent fucks it up by smudging the lens of the laser, which is some upper level dick shit. Uh, after that, uh, they, because 
Chris is doing making the finishing touches on the laser. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go to this final. I don't know why I'm going to ace it, but I'm going to go. And he's talking shit. And he turns to Kent and he's like, are you going to come? And um, Kent was like, I'll be right behind you, buddy boy. And that's when he puts oil onto the lens, like fingerprints to smudge it up and fuck it all up. Um, Chris takes a test, takes the final end and fucking aces it and leaves a note for Jerry along with the test that says, I ace this, which I've done before. I've left that note for somebody before. Um, this movie made a big difference in my life. And I really did feel like I aced it. Also, it wasn't even for a school test. It was for a job test. Like it was a test to qualify to become an employee at uh, the um, utilities department out here. And I left a note that said I aced this. I got the job. I wouldn't have hired me. Not writing no dick shit like I aced this. Like this cocky son of a bitch. He gonna be giving out discounts in like three weeks. Um, but he also gave Jerry an exploding apple, which I still don't know how they did that. Uh, he goes back to the lab to check out the laser and it explodes because of the lens. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then he sees Kent later on and Kent literally fucks up and tells him I did it without saying I did it. Yeah. Uh, and then he laughs at Chris, which makes... Chris fucking so mad. So Chris has like this emotional breakdown where he starts throwing shit and he goes to the freezer and he throws the um, thermos full of hydrogen that he uses to create dry ice coins to pay for his coffee in the morning. It falls to the ground and he looks at it and he realizes that um, what he should do is he should ice the laser. Um, and by icing the laser, it'll make it work better. He goes to Jerry's house to talk with uh, Jerry about this and finds out, as Shantae said earlier, that Jerry is having sex with Susan, who's the six-inch spike girl. Yep. Um, Chris tells Jerry about the laser and... Why was, why was that supposed to be like a secret? Because she was the general's daughter, I guess. And probably yeah, I think age. it's... Yeah, I think it's just some type of oh, thing okay. to show Jerry's a dick. Well, one, Jerry is a dickhead, but also to put Jerry in a little bit more danger. Mm -hmm. And so Chris tells Jerry that, hey, I fixed the laser, dog. Like, I did it. I didn't know. I, 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 I fixed that shit. What the fuck you going to do now? And this happens. System. Well, earlier today... It ate itself. But these little setbacks are sometimes just what we need to take a giant step forward. Right, Kent? Needless to say, I was a little despondent about the meltdown. But then, in the midst of my preparations for Harry Carey, it came to me. It is possible to synthesize excited bromide in an argon matrix. Yes, it's an eczema frozen in its excited state. Th that's impossible. It's a chemical laser, but in solid, not gaseous form. Put simply, in deference to you, Kent, it's like lasing a stick of dynamite. As soon as we apply a field, we couple to a state that is radiatively coupled to the ground state. I figure 
we can extract at least 10 to the 21st photons per cubic centimeter, which will give one kilojoule per cubic centimeter at 600 nanometers, or one megajoule per liter. That's hotter than the sun. It's small. It's supposed to be small. Of course, we only have the one sample, and it's going to destroy itself as it lasers. But everything's going to be fine. Yeah. This is a complete waste of time. Do me a favor, Kent, and uh, put the target in front of the cinder blocks, will you? Okay, come behind the shield. Okay, Mr. Taylor. Anytime you're ready. Okay. Ready? Laser on. Whoa! Sir. And the trees across the quad. What a team. <laughs> yeah. You did it. I did my part too. You graduate. You get the job. What? You can't. That's my job. I've done everything you ever asked me to. You can't do this. Look, look. I teach your classes for you. I, I, I get your laundry. <laughs> what is he doing? Look. Look, I, I mounted the optics for the base conjugate target tracking system. Now look at this mirror. Look! Look! Wait. Wait. Let's celebrate! Yeah. Like, that's fucked up for Kent. Because yeah. this is why this is why you are not supposed to go above and beyond for people who really don't fuck with you. Exactly. Because they will they will hang you out to dry. And also, Kent is doing things where unquestioning. The difference between Kent and Chris is that Chris will be like, why the fuck am I doing this? Kent gets told to make a mirror. He makes a mirror. He literally knows that it's a targeting mirror, an optical targeting mirror. And he still makes it, which makes me wonder how much did he know about the project that Jerry was doing? Like, did Jerry tell him because he knew that Kent wasn't going to do shit? Um... Nah, I think Kent didn't know. I think Kent didn't know any more than anybody else did. He doesn't know. Um, so they go to a restaurant to celebrate. The laser is burned through everything, including the um, the billboard outside of the restaurant they go to, which freaked my wife out because she was like, yo, is anybody going to call the fire department? There's literally fire dripping onto the awning outside of this restaurant. Like, that's dangerous. <laughs> um. They're sitting there eating their food and, and celebrating everything. Laszlo shows up and they're like, hey, Laszlo. And Laszlo's like, yo, y'all know that that uh, laser you made, a single use laser like that, that's a, that's a fucking weapon. And they were like, nah, we, yeah, that ain't up to us. That's, that's for the engineers to decide. And he was like, it's already been decided. It's a fucking weapon. So they yeah. decide they're good. Huh? Yeah. 
Oh, no, I was saying, yeah, you know, because, like, you know, Laszlo does show up and he's very, yeah, he's very like, well, what do you, yeah, what do you think that's going to be used for? And, and, and they are very flippant at first about what it could be used for. And it made me, this part, watching it again, made me think how often does that happen with scientists mm -hmm. that they make something, you know, with no intention of it being something used to kill people or to harm people. And they're just like, you know, my goal was to create something. I created it. Yay for us. And kind of just being like, somebody else is going to figure out what to use it for and not even connecting the possibility that they've created something dangerous. Um, there's the road to hell. It's paved with good intentions. I think it's always something that I sh that we should attribute to scientists because you're absolutely right. Um, you got to wonder how many times they've made a biological weapon and we're just like, we thought that there's something to cure somebody. And then it turns mm -hmm. out that the test site is a third world country where America is fighting somewhere. Message. <laughs> so then they decide they're going to take care of the weapon, but first they got to take care of Ken for, you know, being a punk ass motherfucker and also because I need to get some information out of them. So they use knockout gas to put him to sleep <laughs> and they install well, the they, radio. Hmm? Well, they find out that it was stolen. They find out that it was taken. Yes. They go back to check and it's already gone. It's like they, you know, it hasn't even been a few hours and that laser is out of the lab and gone. And so now they have to figure out where it is and how to get to it. And so they go to Kent um, and they knock him out with knockout gas. Um, and they install a radio transmitter in his braces. The braces act as an antenna and his whole head becomes a speaker. Um, and then they talk to him with a really deep voice and they tell him that the voice he hears is Jesus. Yep. Um, yeah. This was the part that I missed when I walked out. So everything you're telling me now is new. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Well, hold on, because you're about to get filled in. Then they get on a microphone and use a really deep voice and this happens. Kent. Kent. Wake up, Kent. Oh. Kent. What? I'm talking to you, Kent. What is it? I said I'm talking to you. No. Yeah. Well, not as <laughs> Must be overworked. You're not overworked, Kent. Well, I'm not insane. Or am I? That remains to be seen, Kent. But we are having a conversation. Okay, who is this? This is Jesus, Kent. And you've been a very... Naughty boy. All right. Who is this? Cut the crap, Kent. You've built a weapon. What? What do you think? A secret phase conjugate... Tracking system is for. A big mirror makes a big beam. Yes, it could be. Where's the laser now? 
I overheard Jerry mention something about a test. On the 27th, but I don't know where. It's classified. What? Oh, uh, nothing. I want you to think about what you've done, Kent. And from now on... Stop playing with yourself. It is God. <laughs> oh, man. It is God. So... Yeah. They follow um, Jerry. Uh, they begin to do surveillance on Jerry and they realize that he's gone to a nearby Air Force base. Um, so they mm -hmm. craft some fake ID cards for Mitch and Chris uh, who get onto the base and find their invention in a fighter plane. Um, they set up a connection with Laszlo um, through via modem because even though you don't think about it, the internet was a thing back in the 80s right um, just wasn't a thing for us but they connect via modem with laszlo back at his hideout and laszlo is able to help them change the coordinates of the target for the lasers test uh they then rush off the plane that they are uh, doing all this work at when jerry shows up for a final inspection they also tell kent um the next day uh, Jerry goes to oversee the testing of the laser. Um, and so the whole group meets up at Jerry's house. Uh, Chris called one of the university's high-ranking deans over, and uh, they've also called a United States senator. Mm -hmm. um, they call Kent and tell him to go to the house using Mitch's Jesus voice. Um, and so they all hide when he shows up and walks up to the house. This guy is delusional, delusional enough to lie to who he thinks is Jesus. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> Jerry and I are really close friends. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go in unless you give me a sign to not. And um, Brandon and I are watching Return to Oswald. And one thing about... Uh, this show is that there's a character named Augustus who tells somebody else that they are, you know, a star fucker, that they just want to be around stars and around famous and rich people. But it turns out that he's really the star fucker. I don't know what that had to do with Mitch or with Kent. <laughs> I had it in my head a few seconds ago. It was a really good connection. Um, Kent, no, Kent really does believe it. I think he's just that delusional that he really does believe that him and Jerry are friends, that he's just, you know, this is how friends treat friends because this is how he treats his friends. It feels like a trickle down. Like, and, and, and to build, I think that when Kent got to this school, I don't think he was treating people like this. I think he was taught how to treat people like this by Jerry treating him like this. And it just became Yeah, sister. they said as much. They did? I think they said as much in the in the film. I remember at one point he was saying like something about like how Jerry treated him. Maybe I don't remember correctly. Maybe. I'll go back and watch it again in a few months. 
Um, but yeah, it just seemed really systemic and, and kind of sad that, you know, it just kind of trickled down. But um, uh, Kent walks into the house um, and he sees a uh, very nice stained glass window and there's this big container with foil, with foil on top of it. And as he's standing there, um, the laser fires um, and it completely missed this intended target, which was a bunch of cars that they were supposed to blow up in like the desert. I don't even know if those are real people. I think it was real people. They called it a test. I don't think it was a test. I think they were just calling it a test to make Jerry feel better about himself. That was going to burn. Yeah, they were definitely, yeah, they were def. this was an assassination attempt. Mm -hmm. They were definitely going to kill somebody (laughs) with it, which is probably why they needed it on a certain day because they knew whoever it was was moving on this day or this time, and this was their moment. And that laser would have cut through all of the cars that were in the convoy and taken out everybody involved. But instead, they changed the coordinates, and so now it's pointed towards Jerry's house. Um, And the beam blasts its way into Jerry's foyer. Um, The beam literally misses Kent by inches because he's standing behind this popcorn and, and, and hits the popcorn container, hits this foil bowl. Kent makes this stupid stance with his hands. I can't even do it if I try to remake it like with his hands and shit. It just makes me want to pop him in the back of the head. And what the fuck are you doing, Kent? Like, Arr! and then he finds out it's not going to kill him. And so he's like, this is the sign. And then he finds out it's popcorn. The popcorn, they put so much popcorn into this huge aluminum foil tub that it fucking ruins the entire house. Yeah. It popped the whole house. Yeah, it tore that whole house apart. Off the frames, off the foundation, took the roof off the mother, and just the kids in the neighborhood, which I didn't even know if there were kids in the neighborhood. I didn't know it was an actual neighborhood. But kids are getting like wheelbarrows and 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 wagons full of popcorn. It's like, how poor are you? Y'all getting nasty ass, dirty ass, house floor ass popcorn that's been all over the ground and shit. <laughs> And taking it back, you seen a dude roll out the front door in this popcorn wave, and you just getting pop- that ain't even no salt on that popcorn. Y'all just nasty. Nasty <laughs> ass. So at this point, Jerry tracks the location of the shot <laughs> and he sees his house literally falling apart. So he runs mm-hmm. out the door. Uh, Laszlo shows up in a brand new RV and trailer towing all the prizes that he won with the contest tickets that he was uh, creating. Um, He remarks that the math might have been a little bit off because he only won 31% of the uh, prizes, which is still a really good number. Um, And then he looks at the the house and he's like, we might have used a little bit too much popcorn in our front, just a bit. Uh, (laughs) He also reveals that he's getting married to Sherry. Yeah. Uh, the woman who has a real fetish for geniuses. She was like, I finally found number one and I'm in love and we're going to go to Wyoming and live in my fucking compound. Okay. And so they uh, hop in the RV and they dip out. I thought he would have been a great teacher personally. Uh, After that, the gang celebrates their victory. Like, yeah, while um, it just ends. No, well, kind of. You know, it it just, you know, 
leads to um it leads to the kids all planting their popcorn while the gang celebrates and then Jerry comes home and and finds that his house has been fucking trashed and then they play Tears for Fears. And then yeah, it, it just that was such a random ending to me. It just ended. I mean, what would you have had them do? What what would have been the ending that you would have I mean, the only thing that could have happened. I don't know. Is- I wanted to see like Chris Knight at this job. I wanted to see him get this job, and I don't know. It just kind of like abruptly ended to me. I mean, the only I thing like, that oh, was going to happen over. next would have been revenge by Jerry or Jerry getting arrested or fired. But it wouldn't have yeah. turned out well for it, him. Probably should have been fired. He should have been fired. At no point was this going to be. I mean, be he probably like a, does get fired. Yeah. At no point was it going to be a good news club for him. Like the senator is standing outside of his house <laughs> and, and a high ranking dean. Yeah. And I think the whole thing with the house getting destroyed is how, even though that house was like super duper ugly. He mm-hmm. loved that house. He thought that house was so important and so amazing and just everything. And it's just like a symbol of how fucked up everything is. That that house is completely destroyed and how much of it is a symbol of how just about everything that he cares about is destroyed. And it was ugly. That, that makes sense. So ugly. Like, if this is the apple of your eye, you need glasses. And then the movie ends. So, yeah. Um, Brandon, in hindsight, what were your thoughts? It was kind of boring, but it wasn't offensive. It so, wasn't offensive? No. No, not was- offensive. Like, no, not offensive. Like, like somebody did something fucked up. I mean, it wasn't offensive. Like, it wasn't so boring that I'm upset. It was just kind of boring. I watched it and I was just like, this is a bunch of nerds doing nerd shit. And I I was a nerd, but I was also like, you know, like a sports person and stuff like that. So like my nerd life was different than this. And so this just seemed like real, like, I don't want to say real nerds, but it, it seemed like a different type of nerd than I was. And I was just like, this is boring. I can't relate to these people. But I did enjoy the Chris Knight character, Val Kilmer's character. I liked him a mm-hmm. lot. Mitch's character just seemed completely fucking boring. And whoever played him had no charisma at all. And I guess that's what they were supposed to go with. Mm-hmm. But it was the worst. He was just so no, he fucking was, flat. He, <laughs> he is. He was dry. He is a dry. I mean, like, who? I don't know what he's done after, but he is. It is a very flat, dry kind of character. Like beyond just being fifteen and not yeah. knowing anything, it was just it just wasn't. It, I get it. I I agree. But I looked at yeah. it like maybe the reason why they made him such a dry, flat character was to show what Chris was like when he first got to school, before he decided, you know, fuck it. But it's a leap to think yeah, but- that Chris Knight was like that, like. <laughs> Seriously. No, yeah, but I thought they were going to do this thing where it's like, you know, he's there for a while, he's around Chris, he's going to start, you know, coming out of his shell. But like at the the end of the movie, he's still just uh, like a square. 
And I'm like, it's hard. I couldn't get behind like such a boring character being such a main character in the film. But the film wasn't a bad film. I thought the story made sense once you guys explained to me the beginning part. Because when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I have no idea what this has to do with anything, like anything mm-hmm. at all. Um, and then um, I guess my, my I mean, obviously Val Kim was like the MVP for me. Oh, yeah. Like he was, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought he was good. I liked the character that he was kind of portraying. Um, so that, that part I will remember about this movie. But I've never seen this movie before. And it was fine. But I don't think I'll ever watch it again. I mean, it's no problem, child. <laughs> I mean, this movie, yes, Chris was definitely the MVP of the movie, but I think we really do have to give credit to Jerry too. Like, oh yeah, he, he was fine. He, he's one of the only people past Val Kilmer who I've seen in other movies. I mean, I think that, that was I, initially. I thought that, that was Jodie Foster, who was no. The girl Jordan. was in Revenge of the Nerds. Yes, she yes. Jordan is I happened to watch Revenge of the Nerds yesterday and realized that listening to uh Gilbert's girlfriend, I was just like, I think that's the girl from Real Genius. Because mm-hmm. you can just she has a very distinct voice, a very mm-hmm. distinct way of pronouncing things. And it was just like, I think that's her. And it and you know, looked up IMDB and it and it is. Mm-hmm. And she never did anything past 1988. Okay. That's the um, movie I want to watch in hindsight, actually. Because I used to like that movie when I was younger. And I have a feeling that I'm not going to like it at at my age now. Revenge of the Nerds? Yeah. Oh, hell no. You're not. (laughs) You're not. But when I was younger, I used to love those movies. You ain't going to love it now. It is literally all about skeevy-ass men doing rapey-ass stuff to women. Yeah, yes. I don't remember it, but that's what I remember. Well, I keep getting confused with Porky's. Porky's is another head. one about skeevy ass men doing rapey ass things to women. Yeah, remember the part with the um? So I don't remember, but in in Porky's there was a scene where they found they the girls were in the shower, and they found a peephole, and they were watching the girls through yeah. the peephole in the shower, and then one of them decides to take their dick out and stick it through the peephole. It's a rapey yep. ass movie. That was Porky's. That's Porky's. Yes. Okay. That is definitely. Yep. That is, I mean, I don't know which one. That's Porky's. That's one. the whole thing. They made so many. Yeah. That, I, it's all, <laughs> that that's it's all Porky's mixed one. Porky's two. Yeah. Is and and the reason why I know okay. this is because my dad bootlegged a ton of movies off HBO, and some of the stuff that he bootlegged was mm-hmm. the Porky series. So I know Porky's one was that one. Porky's two was the one where they put the snake in the toilet that um, jumped oh, okay. out at, at the teacher. Still a yeah, horrible the, movie. The, the female, yeah, yes. I female, also just uh, looked at Porky's. Gym teacher. And yeah. apparently Porky's takes place in 1951. Yes, it's very In racist. the movie? Yes. In I yeah. did not know. In, in the Florida. movie, it took place in 1951. You watch it again, you'll realize it. Because they talk. There's, there's no... Yeah. If there was a black person in the movie, they would have caught the blues. Let's put it like that. But there are no black people in the movie. And then, the 80s. not that we're on this, but I'm looking at the 
synopsis for Porky's 2. And it says, the naughty high schools of Angel Beach High School now seek revenge on a group of KKK religious fanatics and corrupt politicians mm-hmm. who want to shut down their Shakespeare production after they cast a, sen- a seminal transfer student in the lead. Yep. So was was the Porky's too supposed to be progressive? What the fuck is that? Yes, I think <laughs> yes, because you know, because there's like Native Americans in the thing, like it becomes a whole thing, you know, with them going against the KKK. <laughs> yes, it, that is amazing. <laughs> yes, like that. I'm I'm almost. I mean, it's definitely that vibe of <laughs> that. Wow. It's just like here's these white kids in 50s florida going against the kkk mm-hmm. wow i am i am flabbergasted right now <laughs> while while still so but real so, genius did have the vibe so on the one hand porky's two is we're doing this great thing we're fighting against the kkk on the other hand we're trying to we we are portraying the ideal that high school boys are really sex hounds who are trying to it's a sexual harassment slash rapey movie that is amazing I cannot believe this <laughs> but yeah this movie had that vibe not like the movie like sexual part but I mean like it felt like the way it was shot and the way the people were dressed and the time frame, like in the age of the actors, it felt like to me, it reminded me of like Revenge of the Nerds and Porky's and all those movies. Like they were all shot in the same type of like the, the way the camera the made it shot the film. And it was, it was, it was very, very 80s, real genius, very yes. 80s. Yes. Yeah, definitely. But it's an insulated 80s. When you think about all these other 80s movies, um, some of them better classics involved blatant racism, like that movie with Long Dong Duck or whatever his name was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sixteen Candles. Sixteen Candles. Yeah. Extreme yeah. racism. Forty-eight hours. Yeah. Forty-eight hours. Some of them involved extreme, you know, misogyny, uh, or 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 rape or or sex that was uncomfortable. Real Genius didn't have none of that. And I think that may have been one of the reasons why my parents were okay with me watching it. It was just about geeky-ass white people. That was really it. Yeah, because you're right. Because there really, there's no nudity. Right? There's no nudity. No, there's no nudity. There's barely any cursing. Yeah, there's no nudity. There's talk about sex, but there's not any overt sex scenes. Or anything like, you know, you, it's definitely like, you know, like that moment when Mitch and Jordan are about to have sex, there's not even any, you know, they kiss and they cut away. So you don't mm-hmm. even know if anything happened anyway. You just know that mm-hmm. they discussed it and wanted to do it and that's it. And there's not even a discussion after. Because I think another thing that sometimes happens in, in these movies is that there's this big deal that a, a character who we perceive as a virgin is no longer a virgin. And there's no discussion about what Mitch and Jordan did. It's just the possibility that maybe they did have sex, but it's not a topic or anything. It's not what's his face trying to push him into letting him know what happened or how was she or, or any of that kind of stuff. None of that. Did she put up a fight type shit like they did in Greece? 
there were so many issues with so many movies in the 80s and to uh, Revenge of the Nerds. I, I'm scared to watch it. To be completely honest with you, Brandon, I'm scared to watch. I it. totally forgot. I didn't know which one it was because I am almost certain that on top of all the other ills that I have with him, and and again, the 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 ending of Revenge of the Nerds was he puts on a mask. The lead nerd puts on a mask and rapes his enemy's girlfriend, and yes, she falls in love with him. And she, but she's yes, and she's with it. Like she realizes that it wasn't her boyfriend who was doing whatever the Lewis was doing to her. And what? when he revealed when yes, because that's the thing. I completely don't remember these movies yes. like this. This is insane. Yes. This is because you know, because the whole thing is she goes up to her boyfriend because because it's a costume thing. That's what mm-hmm. the whole thing is. It's the homecoming. Every people are dressed up in costumes. Her boyfriend is dressed up like Darth Vader, so he's wearing a mask. And Gilbert, not Gilbert, Lewis is dressed up as something else, like a magician or something. So he's also kind of wearing a black cape, which makes it which makes it okay when uh, the girl wants to go have sex with her boyfriend. The boyfriend totally like buffs her. He says like, "Oh, you're like a goat." She's all upset. She goes into like the fun the fun house. Yep. Yeah, she goes into the fun house and she's kind of standing in the entryway of the fun house and it's dark. And then Lewis comes in with the uh, the mask on and she thinks she's it's her boyfriend. And they, you know, go to one of the rooms and everything and she wants to take off the mask and he won't. He won't speak. And, but she's, yeah, and he won't speak. He does whatever he does, you know, to her. And she realizes like, oh, my God, you know, once she realizes it's him because he's taken off the mask, she's like, oh, you know, she's like recoils at first. But I guess it was, you know, as far as the movie is concerned, it's so good. She was into it. I ain't even mad no more. Yeah, she's not mad anymore. I totally did not not, remember this. (laughs) Yeah, she's not mad anymore. And she's like, well, how could you? do that you know she's saying well not how could you do that but how are you she why are you so good at this yeah like why are you so good at this and lewis is like you know jocks think about you know sports and all nerds think about his sex like that's you know that's why he was so good you know i'm assuming that he probably gave her oral sex Mm -hmm. because you don't because it doesn't look like anybody's undressed but she was in a skirt in whatever her costume was so i'm assuming that he gave her oral sex and that's what was so good. And that's why she's like, oh, my God, you know, and everything. But, yeah, it, it is. That shit is mad, wow. mad rapey. It's <laughs> no, mad, I... It is mad rapey. They uh go through the they break into they break into the sorority house, steal the girls underwear and then plant cameras in there so they can watch them. Not only do they watch them, uh, but then they take pictures of them and use their pictures of them to sell pies. Like pick topless yes, pictures as, of these what? girls. Yes. They cut the out way. pictures of them yes. topless and put them at the bottom of pie tins and fill the pie tin up with um whipped cream and sell the pies right. to other people, which is literally revenge porn and quite possibly because yes. it's part yeah, because it's part of them. Because the whole thing, the whole premise of the movie is them 
trying to become a fraternity and because they can't get any recourse for how they've been mistreated, they decide to enter the uh, homecoming thing. And if you win all the different contests, all the different obstacles and shit, you be you get to choose who's the uh, Greek president, the Greek council president. So that and so they put that camera in, took those pictures, and the money that they sold with their thing was also part of them being able to become Greek council. This is insane, man. I had I don't re, I did not remember this movie being like that at all. I mean, I remember. I, that's why I said I got them all confused. I thought all this stuff was like Porky's. I thought Revenge of the Nerds was a bunch of nerds getting bullied, and then they got revenge on the other fraternities. I had. It's true. I mean, that, I mean, that is part of it. That's that one is of them. I didn't part rem- of it. And I mean, I didn't remember part, any of this other stuff. The <laughs> part where they, um, you know, they they mess with ogre and all that kind of stuff that happens in the movie but all of that stuff is also couched in them booger and lewis realizing that they can finally see girls or or get a chance to do things with girls that were always told they couldn't because they were nerds and this revenge that they're getting isn't just on this fraternity it's also on the women who have always treated them like they were nothing yeah, because they because uh, the whole thing was the that because the 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 alpha beta fraternity, and then the pi whatever they were uh, sorority they're working together being shitty to mm-hmm. the nerds and so uh, the things that okay. they're doing so I mean they're getting back at them but also get using the girls to get back at the alpha betas and everything because they I think I feel like they only put Betty on the fucking. <laughs> They only put the one girl on the pie, mm-hmm. you know, topless at the bottom of the, you know, photograph is, is all, it's just her in the pie. So, I mean, I'm sure it's to get back at the head dude and to get back at her. Got it. I did not remember any of those other things. That's insane. God, that's what yeah, I was this say. always reminds me, hindsight constantly reminds me that like, we are no, we're not where we need to be, but we have definitely come a look some ways. They could definitely not make that movie today. <laughs> Absolutely no, not. That no, movie would not be made not. today. <laughs> or if it was made today, it would have to be presented as this is how fucked up men are and this is rape culture like type of movie. Yeah, it just wouldn't be made. And they, and, because yeah. they tried to remake and they, it. They suggested remaking They it. tried to make... You oh, can yeah. make Revenge of the Nerds if you they took out They suggested remaking shit. it. Real talk. Like, hold on. I'm going to look that up. But they suggested remaking it like recently. And but you can't fly. remake it like that. <laughs> you can't. You can't remake it like that at all. Revenge of the Nerds reboot. Uh, the new Revenge of the Nerds will be a reboot rather than a direct remake of the original, which is not age well due to its depictions of rape that have been criticized in recent years. The new film will be that set in the sense. present day and reimagine what we consider nerdy in twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, you would have to completely redo it. Seth MacFarlane yeah. is writing it, so okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see yeah, how that exactly. goes. Uh, what I was saying was, with Revenge of the Nerds, on top of everything else that we just discussed, I don't remember how they treated Lamar, who was the gay member of the Lambda 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 tribe. They were. You know what? I don't. I don't, well, one, I don't think they use the F word. That's number one. And they definitely seem. That's surprising. 
Right. But they seemed cool with it. It was just, you know, well, not cool with it, but more like, because I feel like it was definitely a joke as far as him being gay, because there is a part when they're talking to the the head dude uh, for Lambda, 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 and they're telling, you know, because of course the whole thing is about them, you know, being a black fraternity and it's just mostly, you know, white nerds and everything trying to be part of this black fraternity. And they tell when they're having the meeting with the head dude, they're like all ages, all races. And then Lamar is like in sexual orientation, you know, and that's supposed mm-hmm. to be the joke, you know, and everything. So there's, there's definitely jokes. There's the part where during the homecoming thing, they, uh, uh, Lamar throws a javelin and his javelin goes the furthest and you hear one of the other characters explaining that they have fixed the javelin to adapt to Lamar's limp wristed throwing style. Mm-hmm. So there's stuff like that. There's, there's definitely acknowledgement that he is gay. It's just not as mean as it probably could have been as far as other movies are concerned. So this remake has is being co-written uh, by the Lucas Brothers, and oh okay, it and it looks like in in Alex Rubens who wrote for Key and Peele and Rick and Morty. So it might be interesting. I had no idea this was happening. Yeah, I just honestly, I just know without a shadow of a doubt that they can't remake this. Oh no, no, but that would never happen. But that's that was my point. Like in 1984. Oh, what is this? This is the, 80s. the home the homecoming song that they play. All of the 80s new age shit. It's the best part of the movie. White people really listening to this shit, then? You'd be shocked. Well, there was a lot of good white music in the 80s. Why listen to this shit? Well, this is the song that they made up for the, for the movie. I know, but it's very, you know, new age you know, style. Well, yeah, I mean, they, they yeah, they clearly have taken, like, the, the elements of the, the genre, but I mean... I don't think anything good sounded like this. Because, <laughs> I mean, they got, there's well, so much stuff going on. I mean, when you watch the movie, I mean, Booger's playing a guitar and he's dressed like Elvis. Elvis. And, yeah, and then, you know, uh, Takashi, I think, he's got a gong. And Poindexter is playing his violin. And, and you know, so it's it's more, I'm, I'm sure it's more like, it's less about this being, like, good music and more about it being, here's all these characters using all of their skills to do the music for this mean, particular event. Honestly, it, it reminded me a lot of not not so much Devo, well, maybe Devo, but definitely the Talking Heads. Yeah. Probably yeah. both. I mean, I think, I think What's-His-Face, what is it, Lewis and, and Gilbert are kind of, they're in those yellow... Mm-hmm. Outfits jumpsuits. and everything, yeah, the jumpsuits, and I'm sure it is trying to harken back to, well, you know, be similar to Devo and and just those types of 80s. 
Cooper, mm-hmm. Lambda, 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 and Omega Moo. Hey, and well, also basically, look- though, Real Genius is definitely different than as a nerd movie is different than Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. It's definitely much different than most eighties movies are. Um, yeah. And it was even in the eighties, it was an experiment that may not have landed. I see that while it was made for eight million dollars, it only grossed like twelve million. It isn't like it did barn burner numbers, but Val Kilmer is so electric. <laughs> He that is. just shows you how fucked up the eighties is. Revenge of the Nerds made seventy five million. <laughs> well, that you know what I think. It, I what this reminds what Real Genius reminds me of is what happens with movies that are trying to send a message and be funny at the same time because they're talking about the government making weapons mm-hmm. and using unsuspecting people to make these weapons. And it reminds me of any of the other movies that might come out, you know, shit like, like not as serious. This isn't as serious as something like The Big Short, but I feel like it's that same vibe. It's just like, here, we're trying to dramatize something that's really, really serious that you need to pay attention to, but it kind of goes over everybody's heads because of how, because of the content. Mm-hmm. What we got next, Rashani? Let's look. Hold on. I'm still thinking about. Dun, dun, uh, Is it that Teen Witch? No, not Teen no, Witch. No, Inner it's space, not Teen right? Witch. You know what? Was there an '80s movie you wanted to watch? Because I have one. I have one uh, right now that would that that would work. Is have you seen Spaceballs recently? Is it still good? It's wonderful. Yeah, Spaceballs is still funny. Because I haven't seen that in a while, and that's definitely an 80s movie. It is, and it yeah. is perfect. Still, I would think it's it's still funny. Yeah. If you want to watch that, we can definitely watch that instead of Inner Space. The beauty of it is I, I have like both of them on Voodoo. I like Inner Space. I, I do, too. I, like I love Inner Space. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another 80s movie that I don't know how many people saw, whereas I know yeah, a lot it of people is a saw very obs- Yeah, it's a very obscure kind of scientific 80s movie. Mm-hmm. Spaceballs is Mel Brooks, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah, I think we have that. a Mel Brooks month, though, don't uh, we? Do we have a Mel Brooks month? Yeah. Um, hold on. Yes, we have a Mel Brooks month. We have that, and we have Young Frankenstein, and we have Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. <laughs> the sheriff is a nick. <laughs> we don't have no black 80s movies. I was going to say Rocky 3. Where's I'm going to get you, sucker? Do we have that in any list? We already have a uh, I'm going to get you, sucker. We got um, a Keenan Ivory Wayans month. No. I'm going to get you, sucker. Low down, do, dirty uh, Rocky, no. I don't want to do. I don't definitely don't want to do no Rocky movies. Well, I don't want to mm-hmm. do Rocky or Rocky 2 or Rocky 4 or Rocky 5. I want to do Rocky 3. Rocky 3 was the one with Clubber Lang in it. Yeah. Rocky 3 was the one with Mr. T in it. <laughs> but he's We're like about... barely in it, right? No, he's in it. What about Naked Gun? Didn't that come out in the 90s? I wonder if that's still good. No, that came out. No, that's Naked Gun something, something and a half. Okay. Naked Gun came out in the 80s. I'm 100% sure. Because Police Squad, the TV show, yeah, it was in the 88. I don't remember anything past OJ Simpson being in that movie. 
Oh, <laughs> okay. we'll talk about it. No, we could we could take out inner space and switch over to the naked gun. I mean, you sat through real genius, and I appreciate that. Yeah, real genius wasn't bad. I know it was it just it I wasn't know. bad at all. It was better it than Problem be. Child. Nope, Shante, <laughs> do you like Problem Child? I like it. I watched it. It is not something that I could say that I've revisited in (laughs) in like in the last 20 years. It is not, it's definitely not something that I revisit. And I probably would be like, oh my God, this kid is so bad watching it and everything. (laughs) No, I couldn't. It's just like, it's too much. Now, I mean, I remember, I remember the first one, most of the first one, but probably remember the second one more because of the little girl. And everything mm-hmm. and the whole step parent angle thing that was going on. You gotta oh, listen. Yeah. To so, that was the one. I, you know what? You said, I'm glad you said that because that's exactly how I felt after we watched it. You gotta listen to the hindsight episode where Brandon does verbal gymnastics to explain why Junior is a good person. I never said Junior was a good person. Do not put that on me. I said he's not terrible. There's a difference. You said everything that he did, they deserved it. Didn't he do something with shit? I think that's the second one. Okay, that's That's the the second one. Okay. Yo, yeah, so Brandon, you said you were going to sit down and watch the second one again, did you? No, but I think I'm going to do that this week, now that you remind me. I totally forgot. Okay, yeah. I'm going to watch and I'm going to report back. So we'll do the Naked Gun next week instead of doing Rocky Three like everybody wants us to. Nobody wants to hear Rocky 3. I'm sick of Rocky. Have you seen Rocky 3? I've seen all the Rockies. Rocky 3 all is the one them. with Hulk Hogan and Mr. T in it. Yeah, I know. It is literally the most absurd of all the Rockies. Yeah, but I guess what I'm surprised at is like, the, the you know, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, while they're in it, they're just the blip. I mean, the, the good chunk of it is Rocky trying to you know, gain some black expertise from Apollo. After he <laughs> like gets his ass whooped, exactly. He gets his ass whooped so bad by Mr. T that he's like, I got to go get some black in me. <laughs> and right, so he takes right. his racist ass <laughs> and goes the to the LA. hood. Yeah. Oh, man. It's so good when you watch it from a comedic standpoint. Oh. <sighs> Plus, so many of the lines that Mr. T said are just classics. If you wanted to watch a terrible movie, no, let's not watch a terrible movie. I don't want to watch a terrible movie. I'm sick of terrible movie. movies. I don't want to do that anymore. I, I was going to say, you can watch No Holes Bart. I don't want to do that. Oh, nope. Man. So, Shantae. <laughs> Shantae. We're just going to completely omit that idea. Shantae, um, tell the folks what you've been up to and where they can find you at. Oh, I'm staying in the house, trying to keep it COVID-free. But if you want to follow me on uh, social media, uh, I am Shante Fabulous on Instagram, on Twitter. That's S-H-A-N-T-A-F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S. And yeah, if you want to watch, you want to get, you, if you want to follow me while I show you whatever I'm watching on TikTok, <laughs> you, you might Yo, you went viral. Yeah, for what, yeah, like the video, a lot of people definitely had, yeah, retweeted that video, that particular video. Yeah, the, that was cute, the little baby. 
Yeah, the ba- yeah, the baby typing with their parent. Yeah, mm-hmm. the baby typing with their parent. People were into that. So yeah. good for the people, you know. I'm trying to keep it keep it light with my timeline, I guess. Yeah, it was cute. I was like, I Aw. got the eighties movie that we're gonna watch next week. Cause Is I it? wanted to get a black movie in. So it's not naked gun? What you got? The last dragon. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. If I can be on that, what can I be on? Show enough. Let's see here. Finding document. The I don't last think we got that anymore. Dragon. We do have that. Stephanie's going to be on it with us. Uh, we also have How High, Cool Runnings, Undercover I, Brothers, I, Starship I, Troopers. It's on a list. Why is okay. that in that month? What no month clue. is that? I have, it might have been miscellaneous. How High, Undercover Brother? It might have been just miscellaneous. <laughs> Some random movies. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that looks like yeah, a miscellaneous that's random movies. But, I mean, sure, we could do The Last Dragon. I'll let Stephanie know, and we'll have y'all on two weeks in a row. That'll be great. Actually, Santa, you'll be on three weeks in a row. So, oh, wow. okay. uh, The Last Dragon will be done next week. Blackness. What the hell is blackness? No, we're getting a black movie. Oh, this white ass mutt. Oh, dude, <laughs> it's the 80s. What are you expecting? We weren't allowed in a lot of movies. We were no, we were allowed to be the token. There are a lot we, of token black people in the 80s. We weren't in the Goonies. We weren't in Problem Child. We're not in Teen Witch. We're barely in real genius. There was a black person at the birthday party in Problem Child. Oh my god. Did they have <laughs> lines? No, they had no lines. No, they had no lines. But there was a black person there. They came with a white person. They were probably Oh my god, there's person. so many movies I want to we gotta talk about this off the air. God damn it. Or you I got two just, movies. Or you could just add it's them one to of the two list. movies. Add them to the I list. either want to do no next week. I either want to do The Last Dragon or I want to do Clue. We can't do Clue because there's like 25 different endings. Did you huh? know that? That it, for the movie Clue, they literally had a different ending at each movie theater, which is a fucked up thing to do. Huh? I didn't know that. Oh, what? yes. Hold on. They had a different ending at everybody who watched it? Yeah. IMDB. Clue, 1985. <sighs> Let me see here. Uh, go to the trivia. I know that's got to be in the trivia. Oh, they had I know three endings. Crazy. Ending A, ending B, and ending C. They had three endings. Yeah, and a different one was shown at each theater. That's actually kind of smart. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. The DVD, however, aside from all three endings, also offers the option to play the movie with one randomly selected ending. In some cities... The newspaper print ads will indicate which version was being shown at each theater. That is interesting. Somebody should try that now. Folks will riot. <laughs> no, that's why I want to see. They will be so mad. Like, are you telling me they I got to go so back mad. and watch this whole thing again? Yes, that is a brilliant way to make some money. Mm. <laughs> hey, what if you go back end- and you see the same ending? At the end, Wanda actually <laughs> kills fun. Agatha. I'm going to redact that. And a different ending. 
Agatha <laughs> kills Wanda. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna redact that for the people who haven't seen what we're talking about. I'm not gonna say what it is, but you know. So again. If you enjoy our show, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts at. If the place you listen to a podcast at doesn't allow you to leave a five-star review, just, you know, go to iTunes. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, Share us with your friends. Um, Hit us up on Twitter at Hindsight Reviews, R-E-V-U-E-S. We're getting good numbers, and I really do appreciate all the support and all the listeners and everything. Brendan is on Twitter at that cool blick nerd, B-O-K. And I'm on Twitter at Rashani. Shantae, as she said, is on Twitter at Shantae Fabulous, but not the way the fabulous spells it. It's the way the regular people spell it um, who, who want to get a job other than being a rapper. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening. We greatly do appreciate it. Um, at this point in time, I don't even know what movie we're watching next week, but we'll let you know when we find out. out. Y'all be good. We're out. Peace. for hindsight is coffee by cambo smith and it's from the free music archive this is single simulcast